Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. Submissions are now open until August 1st for the Sweetie Cat Press anthology, The Whole Wide World. The submissions should be episodes of no more than 3,000 words and as few as 50 words about the worldwide adventures of Detective Curly Knucklewad and his assistant, Miss Wanda Wowser, as they go on a manhunt for the unknown thief of the limp noodle sauce recipe stolen from the secret government food laboratory in San Francisco. Submission guidelines are in the blog section of the Sweetie Cat Press website at sweetiecatpress.com. That's sweetiecatpress.com. S-W-E-E-T-Y-C-A-T-P-R-E-S-S dot com. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives, researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas. HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. Summertime is here, and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at MythMart.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Or travel with poet Christopher Bice as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Ren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books? We got them too! Hot Off the Press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for $4.99. Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only $2.99. Also just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only $33.99. Or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Bickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at MythMart.com. For more information, go to www.MythMart.com. Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at MythMart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Carry on my way, son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 54 of Lupa's Bits. I am your host, Lupa Barty. 
otherwise known as Stephanie J. Barty, or as I am in for the last nine weeks. Hey, you! <laughs> you can probably tell my, my tone's a little changed. I'm a little quieter tonight. Only because it's 10 o'clock at night and everybody's just settling down to go to sleep. And I don't want to wake anybody up because it's been a long day. And it's been a long, I would say nine weeks. I think I've been here nine weeks now. Yeah, it's been a long time. I came down, yeah, I came down the night my sister went in the hospital. And she was in the hospital for six weeks. And she's been home for three, I think. My niece was born on the 4th of July. So, and it's, yeah, she came home the next week. So, wow, I've been here a long time. I need to go home. <laughs> Which, as luck would have it, I'm done. I'm going home on Monday. Yes, Monday's a holiday, which is partly why I kind of chose to go home on Monday because I will be heading towards Cottage Country and Cottage Country will be heading home. This is the last long weekend of summer until Labor Day weekend at the end of, or the first weekend of September. And yeah, I'm going home. So the next podcast that you get will be from the dulcet sounds of my living room. You'll be hearing the trucks and the cars, possibly. There'll be no echo because I finally figured, oh no, you won't hear any of that. Well, yes, you will. And there will be this long bit at the beginning that poor Joe will have to edit out because it's that walk from my kitchen table to my couch. Because that's where I have to clamp. I gotta, I've got to figure out something. I've got to build something that I can clamp my microphone to so that I can sit at my kitchen table where my laptop happens to be and podcast. Because right now, the setup that I have at home is I've got my laptop, I've got my workstation at my table. I have this beautiful, it's like an eight-foot table that my uncle built for my grandparents. And it's all made out of pine and... It's it's beautiful, beautiful butcher block style table. And it's about three feet wide and eight feet long. So I use the one end. I eat breakfast there. I have my coffee there in the morning. Okay, let me rephrase that. I have my coffee there in the morning. I don't eat breakfast. I'm not a breakfast person. Me and food in the morning do not have a good relationship. So I don't. <laughs> coffee. That That's my food of choice. That's my drug of choice. Coffee. So I sit there in the morning and I have my coffee and I kind of watch my sleepy little town wake up or bustle along about its day, depending on what time I get up. And the other end of the table, since, you know, I live alone, is my workstation. It's where I set up my laptop. I've got a little wire stand that I got at the, do at the dollar store. And it's supposed to go in your cupboards to give you, like, extra space in your cupboards. But my laptop sits on it perfectly. It's got... It's metal, so it's got those bars. Like, it's it's like a, a refrigerator shelf, almost. And so it's getting good airflow underneath. It lifts it up to where it's at eye level, so that when I'm writing, I'm not straining. I'm not bending my head and looking down at my screen and getting a sore neck. I'm sitting up. My back is straight. My shoulders are back. My neck is up. And I can spend an awfully long time writing that way. That's where I will sit and do that's where I'll work that's where I do my writing that's where I work on stuff for the magazine everything I do everything at this little spot unfortunately the table is also about half a foot thick <laughs> and the clamp that I have for my microphone is not so I have to clamp it to the table beside my couch over in the corner and then run the cord from the microphone all the way over to the laptop. Now I know I can hear y'all. Why don't you just take the laptop over to the couch? Because it's a pain in the ass. I have to unhook it. I have to unplug it. I've got to move it. I've got to clear off my coffee table because I have little decorative things on my coffee table. I've got to make room for it. Then I've got to put it all back. And it's just easier to not. So I need to find something that A, is heavy enough and sturdy enough that I can sit on the table that the microphone can kind of either sit in or be clamped to so that I can actually work, because I can't clamp it to the laptop. I got yelled at when I said I was going to clamp it to the laptop. Yeah, my live studio audience is giving me that look again. <laughs> like, uh -huh, and he'll yell at me again if I attempt to do it again. So yeah, I gotta come up with some kind of setup. But I mean, that's not anything that needs to happen in the immediate future. I'm going to be here for about another five days. And then I go home. And then 
I go back to visiting when I want to for however long I want to. Yeah, it's a good thing. It's a really, really good thing because that means everything is back to normal plus one. My new niece is thriving. She is doing incredible. She is gaining weight by leaps and bounds. Um, she's a little overachiever, just like her mom. She's actually gaining double a day what she's supposed to be. Yeah, that's a, it's a good thing. There's no more of all of the, the necessary bottle washing and sterilizing and pumping and everything that needed to be done to help her thrive because she was so preemie. She is a regular chubby-cheeked, has little rolls on her legs, little rolls on her arms, and a big old belly, and these chubby little cheeks, and a little double chin, and I just want to kiss every inch of her. Um, sorry, had a moment there. I'm back. Anyway, yeah, she is a normal little baby now. She's still technically not supposed to be here yet, but <laughs> she is doing fantastic. And I adore her, and I adore my other niece, and I adore my nephew. So, yeah, I get to go home. Yay, me! Which means, as I'm looking around at my desk and my bed and the little kind of homey little corner that's that's been mine for the last nine weeks, i got to start packing stuff up, like, tomorrow. And I might have it all packed up, ready to go by Monday. And I, oh, I also have to do some grocery shopping on Sunday because I don't have any food in my house at all. At least nothing that is friendly to the current method of eating that I am enjoying at the moment. I'm seeing the results this morning on the scale and then I happen to sit in the bathroom and cry for 15 minutes <laughs> after I saw the numbers on the scale. I am going to continue with what I'm doing. Now, I've gotten a lot of physical activity at my sister's, which is going to be difficult. I'm going to have to find ways to continue that level of activity at home. I know I'm going to be helping, um, my friend pack up her house, like my sister pack up her house and move. So there'll be a lot of physical activity there, but I need to make sure that I'm going out and I'm walking and that I'm doing my exercises and I'm doing my push-ups and I'm doing my crunches and I'm, you know, doing all my leg work and all of that because I'm not going to be here doing it. I'm not going to have, you know, my nephew every day going, okay, Aunt Teffy, it's time to do our seven minutes, you know. Sorry for the pause. Um, I'm being shown a very disappointing backpack. Now, this backpack was, was purchased for a little girl, uh, for two little girls, actually, for when they go back to school. And the advertising was very, very, very misleading. Um, and they're very disappointed. And it breaks my heart. And I want to, like, fix it. <laughs> and A, it's not my job to fix it. But, you know, B, I want to anyway. And B, C, they're just way too far away to me, for me to fix it immediately. And it will be fixed. Trust me, it will be fixed. The backpacking question was misplaced when I was told about it earlier and it was just shown to me. So there you go. That's their little, my little ADD moment. <laughs> and explaining the pause. So yeah, I'm looking forward to going home. I realize I'm going to have a lot of housework to do, like dusting and, and cleaning. It's going to smell very stale in there. So I'm going to have to air it out and dust and I'm going to have to do some grocery shopping because I don't have any food I don't have any coffee creamer I have nothing because I made sure I emptied out my fridge before I came because I didn't know how long I was going to be gone things were going to go bad I can only imagine the amount of mail I have and I know I have a few packages and stuff at Crystal's house that got shipped to her so I have a couple of Ipsy bags yay me I get to go through two actually that I get to uh look through. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I've, I mean, I've loved being here. I've loved the amount of time that I've got to spend with my nephew and my two nieces now. And the bond that I have with my nephew and, and my other niece is just incredible. I couldn't buy that. I couldn't, tr I wouldn't trade it for the world. The amount of time that I've got to spend with my nephews and with my niece, my nieces has just been incredible and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I'm glad that I am in a position in my life where when I'm needed, I can pack a bag and I can go. I'm here. You need me? All right, I'm here. No matter where I am in the world, I will always do that. If my family calls and says, hey, I need you, doesn't matter where they live in the world, I will find a way and I will be there because that's kind of where my life is right now. 
I'm kind of a, you know, go with the flow kind of girl. I can pack a bag and be wherever when needed. So it was nice to, to know that when I got that call that I could, by the next morning, I was packed up on the road. I mean, I, I packed quickly, so I pretty much packed my entire bedroom and bathroom into two bags. I brought way more stuff than I needed. I've lived pretty much out of the laundry basket, the same clothes every week. Uh, I have a suitcase full of clothing that I haven't even actually worn. Most of my toiletries I haven't even used because I don't need them. But yeah, I get to go home. Then the fun begins because now I have to put everything away back where it belongs. And it's been nine weeks. I'm not exactly sure. I remember where everything belongs. I'm going to be dyeing my hair when I get home because it's not so much that it's the gray is coming back but the sun has done an interesting little thing to my hair and it has turned the red blonde it i definitely look like i have spent numerous days at the beach my hair is sun streaked as some would call it so i need to fix that i need to go back to my red i miss my red i don't mind like looking like i've spent days out in the sun but I want that to be a tan. I want, you know, I don't want the sun blonde hair. I grew up with that and it drove me insane. This reddish blonde hair. Yeah. Yay. So, yeah, I get to fix my hair color. And remember when I left the last time I was home, um, I said, I have to fix the hair color because it didn't do, it didn't go where it was supposed to. It only did the top of my head and it didn't kind of work its way through. That never got fixed. It kind of just blended itself somehow. I made it work. I don't know. But yeah, so I think that's why the bottom of it has gone blonde because the bottom of it didn't get the dye the last time. And it was already fairly light from the sun. So yeah, we're going to fix that. We're going to go back to the fiery redhead that you all know and love. I'm sure she's been missed. Okay, the fiery part's still there. The redhead, not so much. I got to bring that back. So yeah, there's going to be a lot of changes in my life coming up. Probably some pretty big ones, too. Going home is a big change. I'm pretty sure, well, I know for a fact, there's people out there that are convinced that I'm never coming home. That I'm just paying $800 a month for storage. Because they they were thinking you know, I wasn't going to be coming home till the end of August. And then come September, I would be going down to California because of Scarefare at the end of October. But none of that actually looks like it's going to happen. I'm going to make it to Scarefare, but I'm hopefully... But I'm not going to be able to, I don't think, I don't know. Things might change, but we're opening our border, but it doesn't look like um, because of the, um, from what I can gather from the news reports that I've read, and I try to avoid them, so don't quote me on this and don't come at me if I'm wrong. I don't care. I really, politics, Canadian or otherwise, I don't care. But it looks like the variant is wreaking havoc in the United States, so we're not going to be able to cross over the border into the states, but fully vaccinated Americans as of the 9th of August will be able to cross into Canada. Okie dokie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't understand the logic, but it is what it is. I'm, I, I, I have my personal opinions on that. I just think it's a really big decision and somebody's afraid to make it because they're not used to making really big decisions like that. Somebody needs to tell them what to do. But that's a personal opinion. Anyway, so I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to cross into the States. The States are kind of going, no, 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 no. Now, technically, I could fly into anywhere I want to go to. I just have to present a negative COVID test when I get there, which, okay, not a problem. If the United States decides to follow the cruise lines and follow um, Barbados and a few other countries and say that if you have a mixed vaccination, especially if it's mixed with AstraZeneca, you're not welcome because you're not fully vaccinated, then I am screwed. (laughs) I'm not ever leaving Canada, (laughs) ever, because I have a mixed vaccination. I have AstraZeneca as my first dose. I can't change that. It's not like I can go and get, okay, well, my second dose was Pfizer. I'll just go get another dose and then I'll be fully vaccinated with Pfizer. I can't do that. You're not allowed to do that. (laughs) And they haven't decided if 
boosters are allowed yet. Now, if boosters are allowed, oh, yeah, hook me up with the Pfizer booster, and then I will be fully vaccinated with Pfizer, and the AstraZeneca won't be a problem. But those these are things that have kind of been, like, weighing really heavily on me because I was very eager to get vaccinated. I, I was very willing to get vaccinated. I followed the rules. I did as I was supposed to do. I went out. I got my vaccination. We were told, take the first one offered to you. The best vaccine is the one that's available. I did that. I listened to my government. I went out. I got the AstraZeneca, despite all everybody going, no, 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 no. Don't get that one. Don't get that one. Don't get that one. I went and got it anyway, because that was the first one that was offered to me. That's what I was supposed to do. So I did. And then they said, okay, well, now you can go and you can get a mixed one. So the first available vaccination time that you can get, take it. So then you'll be fully vaccinated. So I did that too. And I got Pfizer. And now, according to the rest of the world, I'm a pariah. I can't go visit. I can't go anywhere. And all I did was follow the rules. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little crusty about that. Just a little crusty. I did as I was told. I, I, I did my part to stop the spread. And being punished for it. And being ostracized and restricted for it. And that's not fair. I am actually scientifically proven by numerous studies... I am actually better protected against the Delta variant than somebody who has a full set of MNRA or viral vector vaccines. Because I have a mix of both viral vector and MNRA, I'm better protected. You're more apt to get it than I am. But I can't come play in your sandbox. I'm not going to bring my cooties. I'm immune against those cooties and the cooties that you could probably carry to my sandbox. So explain that to me. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense to me. Your toys aren't any better than my toys. My toys are better. So <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, I'm a little crusty about that. And it's, it's something that I am having a very hard time mentally dealing with. There's been a lot of tears. There's been a lot of anger. There's been a lot of um, frenzied writing just to try and get it out because it's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And it has pushed me at times to places where I have almost, almost make decisions that I know I'm going to regret. So I write them down. I have around here somewhere. There it is. The big book of shit you have to fix. <laughs> That's what it says. I'm showing my live studio audience so that you know that there is proof that it says the big book of shit you have to fix. And there are pages and pages of stuff in here that I've written. Um, and there's stuff that I've scribbled out because I've gone back the next day after I've, you know, had my, my good cry and, you know, my little pity party. And I've gone back and I went, okay, so we're not going to do that. That's just ridiculous. And that's what I do is I write everything down that... At the point that I'm at, I write everything down that I'm going to do. Everything. That that moment of, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. You know, when you get to that moment of resignation, where this, this, is, this is what things are going to be like forever. So eliminate this, because this is never going to happen. Eliminate this, because why? Eliminate this, there's no point. Eliminate this. So I make this whole long list of things. And then I sleep on it. And then I come back the next morning when I'm calmer, I'm more clear-headed, and I look at it and I go, oh, you were just being ridiculous. And we're not going to do any of that. Well, maybe we'll consider this one. But you know what I mean? And I'm finding that it's helping. I'm finding that I'm not making those rash, rash decisions. <laughs> Thank goodness. I'm sure there's a few people out there listening that are probably breathing a sigh of relief as well. I'm not, I'm not making those phone calls. I know there's one person listening that'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I can, I can hear her in my head. I'm not going to repeat what I can hear her saying in my head because it's just a plethora of bad words. She has a very, a very, very, very choice nickname for this person. And we just, yeah, we're not going to repeat it. Yeah, so I write everything down that the weight of doing the right thing has put on me. Then I read it in the morning and I go, okay, you know, come on, have faith. <laughs> yeah, have faith, have hope, drink your coffee. It's a new day. Things change on a daily. By October, things could be different. 
you know, I, I may not be heading down there until like the second or third week of October. But even if I head down like the day before Scarefair, that's fine. It only takes a day to drive there. One day, 11 hours. Yes, I've mapped it out and I can sleep in my car. But I've driven 29 hours straight before, so that's not a big deal. But yeah, there are a lot of big changes coming for me. And some of them are going to be good and some of them are going to be very painful. But they're all necessary. They're all things that I need to do. So this is the whole, the, the whole um, and I'm done, that's it, I'm done part of the title that you're getting. I suppose I should tell you about the fun and the sun. Holy, yeah, I've got, a, I've got a tan. It's just like the last, I say the last week, maybe two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> Most of me is tan. My live studio audience is begging to differ and I'm kind of ignoring them. I'm a pasty white girl, okay? I am of Irish descent. I am of English descent. On as as has been proven recently, you can't always go by what you're told. So let me preface this by saying this is what I have been told. On my mother's side, I'm English, Irish, Dutch, and German, with a smattering of Italian. On my biological father's side, Ukrainian. He is full-blooded Ukrainian. He was born in the Ukraine. I am first-generation Canadian on his side. So, I mean, technically, if I wanted to, I could apply to the Ukrainian consulate and I could have dual citizenship in Canada and Ukraine. You you heard the list, right? You heard the top two, English and Irish. Both pasty white folk. (laughs) So, when I get a little red, that's kind of like the base coat for the tan. You know, I start out red. That's the Irish in me. I start out red. I don't tan right away. I don't tan gradually. No, I burn. I get in the sun. The first thing I do, I burn. Lobster girl for at least a day. And then it'll darken to a nice tan. So my arms look amazing. I've got a killer tan on my arms. My legs have always been a bit of an issue. The upper parts of my legs, I don't know why, the upper parts of my legs will tan beautifully. The bottom parts of my legs will remain pasty white. I'm pretty sure the bottom parts of my legs are full Irish. I don't know. I can't tan them. I've never been able to tan them. My sister can't tan hers. I don't know what it is. We even lie with like our legs straight out, facing up. Nothing. Might get a little red. And then the little red goes away and we're glowing in the dark again. I started with a little bit of a burn and then it turns to a tan. Either that or all my freckles just kind of amalgamate into one big one. Either way, I'm brown. Went to the beach today. And I haven't been able to wear the bathing suit that I wore last summer, pretty much since last summer, since I put on all the weight. Remember the 50 pounds I was telling you about? Yeah. So I haven't been able to wear... Now, I bought the bathing suit top when I was in Florida in 2020. It looked great. I was a little heavier then than I am now, um, but it looked really good. I really liked it. Well, I tried it on a couple of weeks ago. And I was heavier than I was when I was in Florida and it looked horrible. I was heartbroken. My mom came out and she's like, oh, you're wearing your bathing suit. And I'm like, no, I'm not. It doesn't fit. She's like, what do you mean it doesn't fit? And I'm like, do you not see the big old beach whale gut hanging out? It doesn't fit. Looks like a tube top with frill. Doesn't fit. So I ripped it off and I put on a tank top and that's what I swam in. Well, last week, no, this week, I was feeling kind of good about myself. I was having a good day. I hadn't jumped on the scale, so that might have been (laughs) why I was having a good day. I couldn't find the tank top that I was using for swimming. So I thought, well, you know, let's give it a shot. And now the the bathing suit is kind of a tight top bodice. And then it's got like this little flouncy frill thing around the bottom. I don't know. And it's supposed to, it's it's supposed to be a two-piece, but the little frill gives me that illusion that it's not so it makes me a little more comfortable because I'm not a two-piece kind of girl and I mean it took a lot for me last summer to wear a tank like a a sports bra type top and my bathing suit bottoms it was basically a sports bra type bikini but not like you know string bikini style it took a lot for me to do that because I don't normally wear that little on my body (laughs) I'm just not comfortable with it I don't, I don't, I don't show that much of my body. I'm not comfortable. And I think it's because I'm not comfortable with my body. But I was at my sister's and 
everybody that was here was family, so it's not like I was going to a public beach wearing it. So it was okay. And I mean, I did put up a picture of me in the top. You can't really see the bottom half of me, but you can see me at in the pool, like standing by the pool in the top part of it. And it was a really good angle. My arms looked really muscular and I looked really kind of good. <laughs> so I put it up. I am definitely not there yet. The bathing suit top that I bought in Florida, I tried it on. I went, ooh, hey, this fits. This is awesome. I'm kind of happy. So I started wearing it in the pool. And then we're going to the beach today with uh, my nephew, my niece, and my mom, and my sister, and um, roommate Kyle. We were going to the beach. And I thought, oh, what the hell? I'll wear my little flouncy skirt bathing suit bottom. It's got like a little, it looks like a little, it look, almost looks like um, a tennis skirt. You know, how it's got like the little shorts underneath and it's got the little skirt. Well, it's like the built-in underwear type in the skirt. That's what it's like. And then my top, my bathing suit top. And it fit better. It fit better. Like it came down farther. There was no back fat, which was, which, which is a thing with me. There was, there's no back fat. My back fat's gone. I noticed that today. And I'm like, oh, wow, my back fat is gone. That's like, holy crap. <laughs> like today has been like really the first day that I have noticed the weight loss. I feel really, really good. And I took a picture of myself kind of lying. Well, I was lying on my, my beach towel. So it was a picture and I kind of angled it over my head so that I could get the length of my body so that I could see what it would look like, what I looked like. Because I've kind of been doing it in the pool. If you get in the right spot on the side of the pool, the light in the pool reflects in the skylights above. So you can kind of see yourself like you can see yourself, but it's in the water and it's kind of wavy. And I couldn't really get a good idea of is my belly smaller than my hips now? Is it bigger than my hips now? Do I still have thunder thighs? What am I looking at here? So I took the picture and I was I looked really good. I was pleased. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I am getting there. So I jumped on the scale this morning. That's kind of part of why I feel good. And I was 206. Yes, I'm telling you how much I weigh, seeing as I started at 227 and I'm 206 now. So I am seven pounds away from my goal, my first goal. And my first goal is to be back under 200 pounds. Now, anybody who knows me, and has seen me in person knows where at least 10 pounds of that is. So technically, if you lopped them off, I would be under 200 pounds, but we're not doing that. So I still have seven pounds to go before I am under 200 pounds. And once I hit the 199, 198 mark, then I'm going to set my next goal and get back to 174, which is where I was. That was my lowest weight last summer. I think I was... Yeah, I started, I think, no, I was, I was 174 in November, but that was my lowest weight. And that's what I was last summer. And I felt good. I felt really, really good. And I want to get back to that and then lose some more. So I'm setting smaller goals and smaller goals seem to be working for me. Um, I'm still doing the fasting. I, oh, that reminds me, good gravy. We're like completely just, you know, forgetting everything in our world that I'm supposed to be doing. So we're going to, to fix this. Okay, there we go. I have to, I forgot to set my, uh, my fasting clock. We're supposed to set it at 8 o'clock. <laughs> so I can't eat anything now until 10.37 tomorrow morning. But that's okay. I'm good with that. So anyway, I'm still fasting. Oh, I was going to tell you. It's okay. I'm still fasting. So I fasted. So far now, I have fasted 1,167 hours. That's right. 1,167 hours of fasting. Obviously, not all at once. <laughs> or I'd be dead and really, really skinny. I'm also doing, I'm calling it modified keto because it is technically keto. I'm not eating breads. I'm not eating pastas. I'm doing very, 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 very low carb. Like generally during the day, I'm staying under 15 grams. Um, I am allowed between 30 and 50 grams of carbs a day, but I'm staying under 15, which is why I'm losing about a pound to two pounds a day. Because yesterday I was 208. Today I'm 206. I'm hoping tomorrow I will wake up and be like 203 or something. That would be like, that would make my day. Uh, I doubt it, but especially because I'm probably, well, no, I'm still in keto. I know because I went and peed on a stick after dinner. I waited about an hour and then peed on a stick because my sister hates me and she brought home croissants for dessert. 
not just your average, everyday, run-of-the-mill butter croissant. No. These ones are filled with chocolate ganache and then drizzled with chocolate on top. Yes. Yes, they are. And they're so good. But I looked at the carbs in one and had half. And then I looked at the carbs that I'd actually had that day. I hadn't had any carbs because I had no creamer for my coffee this morning. So I had black coffee, no creamer, no sugar. I won't do that again. It was coffee and I needed coffee and there is no such thing as bad coffee. There is just varying degrees of goodness. It was on the lower end of the good, (laughs) but it was still coffee. So I didn't have any carbs with my coffee. And then we were getting ready to go to the beach. I was going to make something to eat while there were no eggs. So I grabbed a couple of pieces of meat, no carbs. I think I had a half a piece of cheese, no carbs. So we get to the beach, I'm eating cucumber and cheese. Guess what? No carbs. So I still have my 50 grams. And I'm looking at this chocolate croissant and it's, it's taunting me for one thing. And I went, you know what? Screw it. I'm going for it. I earned it. I earned it. I burned a heck of a lot. See, okay. So that's going to be our Friday fun fact too, is the beach. So we went to the beach today and where I am right now, I am basically curving the shores of Lake Ontario. Yes. That Lake Ontario, you know, the Great Lake, Lake Ontario. Yes, that one. And we went to Confederate Park Beach, which is in Burlington, I believe. Yeah, it's in Burlington. Outskirts of Burlington. It's in Burlington. We'll say Burlington just for shits and giggles. It's in Burlington. So it's very rocky and um, there's not a whole lot of sand. It's just the pebbles just keep getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. But it's not sand. And it was very, very wavy today. Like we're talking waves that were big enough that you could surf them. We were looking for the surfboards and the waves on Lake Ontario can be fairly big. So I thought, okay, before I take my niece and my nephew one at a time into this mess of waves, I need to go out and see what the undertow is like and how strong those waves are, the whole nine. So I went out. I had a little bit of a fight. It's not as strong as at White's Falls, but I mean, you're looking at a fall, so you've got a pretty, pretty heavy riptide underneath. That one I struggled to swim back from. But this one, waves are different than a riptide. An undertow is different because when you get hit by the wave, as the wave goes out, it pulls everything with it, including you. And if you get knocked over, like I've had this happen, so if you get knocked over by a wave, it's really hard to find your, to get your bearings because you're underwater and it's, it's spinning you like it's somersaulting you. So it's really hard to try and find your feet and get back up out of the water. And the waves were coming so fast today that it was really easy to understand how somebody could drown because you, I would just get my bearings from the one wave or barely get my bearings and and find my feet from the one wave. And then I was hit with another one. And I didn't realize it at the time because I had my back to the shore, but every time the waves went back out, it was pulling me farther and farther and farther out. And I turned around and I looked and went, oh, shore is kind of a little bit of a ways away. So I did what my papa taught me. The undertow, you want to get your body, it's, it's under the water, obviously. When the wave comes in, it, it, it almost like it curls up and around and it pulls everything from the bottom. So you want to get your body up to the surface, up off the bottom, out of the undertow as much as you can. So you get your body up onto the surface. And I am an excellent swimmer on my back. I can swim on my front too. That's not a problem. I can outswim anybody if I'm swimming on my back. So I flipped up onto my back, got my feet up, everything up above the undertow, and I'm watching the waves. And every time a wave would roll in, as soon as the wave would crest, I'd start to kick. So it would, I would ride the wave in, kind of like body surfing, basically ride the waves in. <laughs> and the next thing I know, my butt hits the, hits the bottom and I'm back on shore. I couldn't get up because the waves kept hitting me and knocking me over. I got bruises on my butt from the rocks because I couldn't get back up on my feet. <laughs> but I'm at the shore, so I'm not going to drown. Good. But I couldn't get up on my feet. <laughs> So I thought, well, this is a little strong, so we're going to limit how far out the little people are going to go. 
so we just kind of took them to where the water was, I think it was maybe just up to mid-shin on me. So it would have been up to about my nephew's butt, maybe. No, it would have been. He was. He would have been up to his upper thigh. He's a little taller than that. And I honestly thought, you know, I would have bet money on it. I honestly thought he was going to get hit by that first wave and that was it. He was going to be done. He would want out of the water. Uh-uh. Nope, not doing this. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. So I take him in and he's gripping my arm for all he's worth. He's like wrapped around. He's, I've got him in like almost like a hug. He's got his back up against me. And my arm is across the front of him and he's got his arms wrapped around my arm. And he's shaking because he doesn't know what to expect. So luckily, when we went out, we got hit with a few little littler waves at first. You know, they just kind of, they crest just before they get to you. So all you're kind of getting is all the little foamy bubbles as they come towards you. He thought that was funny. And then we get the bigger ones. The bigger ones start coming in. And they're starting to crash. And they're crashing on him. Like they're hitting him in the chest. And they're hitting him in the butt. Well, the giggles that were coming out of this kid every single time a wave would crash into him he would lose it uncontrollable giggling and he's hanging on to my arm and I think that's what made him feel so calm is he had my arm as like a security blanket he was hanging on as long as he hung on to Aunt Teffy's arm nothing was gonna go wrong little did he know I was fighting to keep my feet I tell you, my leg muscles, my upper leg muscles, because I took kind of like a, almost like a fencing stance. So I've got him in front of me, but I'm turned sideways into the wave. So my left leg is the bracing leg. So when it would hit us, it would, I would use my left leg to prevent us from getting knocked over. And then as it would go back out, I would use my right leg to prevent us from getting sucked out into the... <laughs> into the deeper water. So I was kind of just like moving from leg to leg, from leg to leg with every wave. Whew, they're a little sore, let me tell you. But it was worth it. The giggles coming out of him. And then his sister, who's one, is standing on the shore. And she, my turn, my turn, my turn. All right, so Everett, you're shivering. You're a little chilly. Do you want to get it? Because, I mean, it's Lake Ontario. Let me say that again. Lake Ontario. It is one of the Great Lakes. Big. Not the biggest one out of the Great Lakes, but it's a big freaking lake. It's cold. But it wasn't as cold as I thought it was going to be. But that's, I think, because we were still, like, relatively on shore where it was shallow. So, anyway, I take him back up. And my mo- his mom, like my sister and Kyle, are standing on the shoreline. And I take him back up to his mom because one kid at a time, I can't do two. Not with the waves the way they were. I'm not going to be responsible for two kids in the water ever. The rule at my sister's house is the kids don't go in the pool without their parents. Perfectly okay with that. I don't want to be responsible in case something happens. I don't want that on me. So then I take Haley. I think she she was nervous giggling. She's not as adventurous for some things as her brother is. It's it's really weird because the one that you think is going to be all about it and all in it because she's got no fear and, you know, she doesn't care and she just runs full tilt into everything will stand back and be nervous. And the one that you think, like Everett's kind of cautious about everything and he thinks everything through and he has to ask about a 75 million questions, analyze the whole situation, and then decide whether or not he's comfortable enough to do it. That's their personalities. So she, she was kind of nervous giggling and I had her kind of wrapped around me. I was holding her. I mean, she's only one, so I was holding her like a baby. The waves are hitting us and splashing and, you know, she's thinking it's all fun. So I flip her around and I hang her down a little bit so that her legs are now in the water. And the waves are crashing. Well, she got one and it got a little bit in her face and wanted to go back up with mom. All right, fine. So take her back up to my sister. Everett, my turn, my turn. Wait, what? I didn't realize that we were... Hold on. I thought we were done. Nope. Back in the water with Everett we go. Okay. So another five, ten minutes of battling the waves with him while he's just roaring with laughter every time he gets hit with a wave. And I mean, he took some pretty big waves in the face, all right? And he came out of that sputtering and the water's pouring out of his nose and he's still laughing. I'm like, all right. <laughs> he's soaking. We took one in the side of the head. <laughs> he's just still laughing. All right. And then, all right, are you cold? Uh-huh. All right, up you go to the shore with your mom. Well, then Haley, my turn, my turn. So I found a rock I could sit on and I sat on this little rock and I put her on my knee. And the waves came and we were back far enough that they were just crashing over my lap. So they weren't, you know, right in our face. And she was okay for a little bit. 
and then, you know, she'd had enough of that. Everett wanted to do it again. So, all right, back in we go. Another couple of ways. And we got some really big ones. Like, they didn't crest until they got to us, and then they crested on us. <laughs> so, it's not like we got slammed with the wave. We got dumped on by the wave. And he just, again, laughed his way through it. And he was kind of shaking and shivering. And uh, so, we went back. and like, okay, let's go back to the towel. Let's go back to the blanket. We'll warm up. Play in the sand for a little bit. Aunt Teppy wants to lie down and, and you know catch some rays it's what you do at the beach you lie down you suntan and then you go in the water and you swim so we went back and i'm lying there and i'm on my back and i'm enjoying it and the sun's beating down and i'm listening to the seagulls and i'm listening to the waves crashing and then there's a finger being poked into my mouth with cheese because he had those cheese and crackers things you know you dunk the little cracker sticks into the cheese well he doesn't like the cheese he likes the cracker sticks but he doesn't like the cheese well i can't eat the cracker sticks but i can eat the cheese so it was a fair compromise so he fed me the cheese on the end of his finger <laughs> so that was fun and then i decided well the front of me is probably tanned enough i should really work on the back so i flipped over no sooner did i flip over than the tranquility was lost i had a monkey on my back a very cold monkey so it was kind of nice because I was a little warm from the sun. Yeah, he climbed up onto my back and he's, you know, walking around on my back and wiggling around on my back and beating on my back and scratching my back and just, you know, curled up on my back at one point. Tried to suck up all my body heat because he was chilly. It was a good day. We had a good day at the beach. It was a lot of fun. We're going to try Crystal Beach. I haven't been to Crystal Beach since I was a kid. Uh, the next time we go, we're going to go to Crystal Beach. It'll be a whole bunch of fun. But yeah, it was a really good day. The waves were, were uh, unbelievable. They were so big. Um, there was a lot of sediment stuff that the waves had churned up. So it was kind of muddy and murky looking right at the shore. And then out, it was like three different colors. It was brown right at the shoreline. Yeah, it was kind of brown and, and sediment and seaweed. And um, I was pulling seaweed and other strange things out of my hair. You would not believe what was inside the bathing suit. The bubbies were covered in, I don't know what, I'm not going to... I don't want to know what. It's gone now. Uh, but I had to wash the bathing suit because the inside of the bathing suit was black. Kind of gross. And the hair just felt crusty. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's there's some pollution. Uh, I'll admit, there is some pollution in Lake Ontario. Probably shouldn't have been in the water, but, you know, whatever. We all had showers. We're all clean. And then when you go out a little bit farther, you get, like, this almost, like, aquamarine blue. A very light blue. And then you go out farther, and it's a darker blue so you get the different colors of blue in the water it's really really cool so okay friday fun fact it actually ties into where i was today so you know the great lakes i'm sure you do if you don't i'm about to tell you there's lake superior which borders wisconsin and thunder bay it's more northern ontario thunder bay is kind of way up there for from where i am Duluth is right on the tip of Lake Superior. Yeah, so Wisconsin, Minnesota, and Ontario. See, all of the Great Lakes are kind of... Well, yeah, all the Great Lakes are basically in Ontario. You could get to them from Ontario. Except for maybe Lake Michigan, because that's kind of in Michigan. <laughs> but you can still get there. Anyway, so there's Lake Superior, Lake Michigan, Lake Huron, which is, you know, Ontario... Lake Erie, been there. Um, I've swam in Lake Huron, I've swam in Lake Erie, and today I swam in Lake Ontario. So I've swam in three of the five Great Lakes. I've probably swam in Lake Superior, too. I'm just looking at some of the places. Oh, yeah, I actually, I have. Sault Ste. Marie. I have swam in, in uh, Lake Superior. So I've swam out of four out of the five Great Lakes. So I need to go to Michigan and I need to swim in Lake Michigan and then I will have all five of the Great Lakes. So Ontario, Lake Ontario is, I would say, probably the smallest out of the, the, the Great Lakes, but it's like right where I am. You know, it's right there. So Lake Ontario, on one side of the lake, you will find Ontario, obviously. And on the other side of the lake, you will find New York. You've got Rochester and, wow, you got some weird names. Henderson, Sackett's Harbor, Watertown, um, Cape Vincent, you know, all of those. And then you go up the St. Lawrence Seaway. 
Now, the interesting fact about the Great Lakes, they all connect via the St. Lawrence River to the Atlantic Ocean. So five freshwater lakes are connected via the St. Lawrence Seaway, and they all run out into saltwater Atlantic Ocean. Go figure that one. There are no sharks in any of those Great Lakes. Don't even. Don't even. I, yes, I understand it is attached to a saltwater Atlantic Ocean. We were not going to discuss that today, or I was not going to be in the water. My live studio audience is now laughing at me. So I was in Lake Ontario. Now, Lake Ontario is surrounded on the northwest and southwest by the Canadian province of Ontario and the south and east by the U.S. state of New York. And the water boundary meets in the middle of the lake. <laughs> so you go to the middle of the lake and you can go, I'm in Ontario, I'm in New York. I'm in Ontario, I'm in New York. It is 18,960 kilometers squared. It is 85 kilometers wide. It is 310.6 kilometers in length and is 74 miles surface elevation. Just, you know, in case you wanted to know. Now, if you want to go fishing, you can get Chinook salmon, you can get walleye, you can get coho salmon. Yes, all the things that you spend a whole lot of money for in the grocery store. You can fish them out of Lake Ontario. Let's see, what other fun facts? Okay, so, now this is, I'm not exactly sure if I want to read the answer to this. The question is, is Lake Ontario clean to swim in? Now, after being in it for most of the day, I'm not sure I want to know the answer. But I'm going to tell you anyway. For those of you wondering if it is safe to swim in Lake Ontario, Waterkeeper's answer is yes. It just depends on where and when you want to swim. First, the where. Some of the lake's flagship beaches, such as Sandbanks, remain pollution-free and safe for swimming every day. So Lake Ontario Waterkeeper, um, I guess I should tell you what that is. So let's Google that, and I will tell you. Lake Ontario Waterkeeper. And you hear me typing away. I usually, if, if I'm working with my writing partner and we're writing together, I usually get the volume turned down on their end because I type too loudly, <laughs> especially if I'm like in a really intense scene. Okay, so Lake Ontario Waterkeeper is a government program to create a swimmable, drinkable, fishable future, basically. Waterkeeper makes recommendations for improvements to Canadian radioactive waste management policies they basically oversee the care and control of Lake Ontario. Um, they have monitoring hubs throughout Ontario. There's one in Kingston. Um, now, did you know, here's some more fun facts about Lake Ontario. And I'm telling you all about Lake Ontario because I was in it today. And I'm pretty sure it doesn't matter what side of the border you're on. You learned about the Great Lakes in geography. Yep, see, there you go. Live studio audience agrees. And he's not even anywhere near one. But you learn about the Great Lakes in geography. Why? Because they're pretty great. So anyway, Lake Ontario's name comes from the Iroquoian language and means Lake of Shining Waters. The First Nations were the first to live on the watershed, arriving 7,000 years ago. Process that. 7,000 years ago, First Nations lived on these waters, on the shores of this lake. Today, Lake Ontario is home and a source of drinking water to 9 million people living in Ontario, Canada, and New York State, USA. 9 million people depend on this lake for clean drinking water. Because of the size of the lake and its connection to the Atlantic Ocean, Lake Ontario is an ecological wonder. All of the water in the Great Lakes flows through this lake. So, picture it. Superior, Erie, Huron, Michigan. All of that water flows into Lake Ontario. It makes up Lake Ontario and then flows through Lake Ontario to the Atlantic Ocean. Lake Ontario is pretty much the last stop out of the lakes before you hit the ocean. So fish travel back and forth from the ocean to the freshwater lake. Do you know? I don't know that. How big are these fish? These are things I need to know. Different parts of the lake offer different habitats, ranging from dunes to wetlands to forest to rocky cliffs. Overfishing in the 1800s and pollution and development in the 1900s took their toll on Lake Ontario's fish. Before dams on the St. Lawrence River restricted passage, fish like the eel and the sturgeon used to migrate between the lake and the ocean in enormous numbers. 
Because of human activities, at least 10 species of fish have gone extinct and at least 15 exotic species have been introduced in the last 200 years. While some damage is irreparable, much of the restoration work being done around Lake Ontario is intended to bring some of the lake's natural back, bring back some of the lake's natural biodiversity. Yay, Canada. The Great Lakes offer some of the best beaches in the world. Sandbanks Provincial Park in Prince Edward County, which is in Ontario, for example, is home to the largest freshwater dune system on Earth. Now, you know what a dune is, right? Okay. If you live in the desert, you know what a dune is. (laughs) You ever been dune buggies? Yep, you know what a dune is. These are freshwater dunes, which means the entire area is full of of water and the dunes are underwater and you can swim from dune to dune it's just it's it's an incredible experience that's all i gotta say it's incredible this unique beach ecosystem these unique beach ecosystems are also important habitat for plants animals and migrating birds in 1980s 43 communities on the great lakes were designated areas of concern because of severe environmental degradation the lake ontario areas are bay of quinte which that is my ex's tribe, 18 Mile Creek, Hamilton Harbor, Metro Toronto, Oswego River, Port Hope Harbor, and the Rochester Embayment. Today, the greatest threats to Lake Ontario come from urban development, electricity generation, because in Canada, our electricity is called hydro, which means it is generated by water, Um, and sewage and stormwater pollution. Lake Ontario Waterkeeper works to restore and protect the lake because it is vital to the survival of our communities. Nine million people rely on the lake for drinking water. Roughly one in four Canadians lives on the watershed. I'm one of them. Few bodies of water are as important to so many people, which is why we work to ensure it will be swimmable, drinkable, and fishable for everyone. Now, a little history. So, here we go. Now, we're going to go into a little Canadian geographical history. So if you're American, you probably won't know this. That's okay. My Canadian listeners, you best remember. I remember those, this was, I do believe this was a, one of those movie productions, you know, they'd wheel in the TV and the the VCR and everybody'd be like, yes, nap time. And it was one of those ones, or no, they wheel in the projector. This was a projector one. Yeah, this was the one, one of the ones that was on the film projector and it would skip. You would get those parts where it would skip or there'd be like a crinkle in the film or something and you'd get those little black squiggly things. And Yeah. All right. So the Laurentide Glacier once covered all of Canada about 14,000 years ago. It began melting as it retreated. At, oh, wow. Let's try that again. As it retreated, I put the emphasis on the wrong part of the word. The glacier left behind Lake Iroquois, a larger version of present day Lake Ontario. If you have ever driven down, driven across Davenport Road in Toronto, yes, yes, I have, you may have noticed the high ridge that separates the north side of the road from the south. This is Lake Iroquois' original shoreline. Now think about that. Process that for a minute. Davenport Road runs the length of the original shoreline for Lake Iroquois. When part of the Laurentide Glacier in the St. Lawrence River Valley melted away, water from Lake Iroquois rushed out to the Atlantic Ocean. A smaller lake, Lake Admiralty, was left behind. The old Lake Admiralty shoreline is underwater now, and a scarp, or bluff, that runs from the Scarborough Bluffs to offshore of Hanlon's Island in Toronto. Eventually, the rock under the lake and the Thousand Islands east of Kingston. Yes, there are a thousand islands. That is why it is called the Thousand Islands. There are a thousand of them. East of Kingston settled and the Lake Ontario, we know today, was formed. Quick fun facts, because it's all about the fun. Lake Ontario provides drinking water to 9 million people. More Canadians live in the Lake Ontario watershed than any other watershed in the country. The lake never completely freezes because it is so deep. The surface of Lake Ontario has frozen over at least five times in the last, and the last time was in 1934. That's got to tell you something. Lake Ontario has a Psych, a natural rhythmic motion as water sloshes back and forth every 11 minutes. Oh, now that's cool. <laughs> that is really cool. Glaciers formed the lake between 14,000 and 10,000 years ago. The lake is one of the five Great Lakes, which is 21% of the world's fresh water. 
world's surface freshwater. Lake Ontario is the 14th largest lake in the world. All Great Lakes waters flow through Lake Ontario before it flows to the Atlantic Ocean. Water takes about six years to flow through Lake Ontario to the St. Lawrence River. Lake Ontario is the most threatened Great Lake. Niagara Falls pours into Lake Ontario. Bet you didn't know that, did you? See? Nope. Live studio audience didn't know that. Guess what, folks? Neither did I. And I should. That's just logic. (laughs) Iroquois and Huron First Nations lived on the lake for thousands of years before Europeans arrived. Lake Ontario means Lake of Shining Waters. Commercial, and I've sent, I sent pictures to um, my live studio audience today of the lake in the sunshine, and it really does glisten and, and shimmer and shine. Commercial fishing peaked in the late 1880s. 130 years later, government and NGOs are still working to restore the lake's native fish population. Lake Ontario is partially in Canada, partially in the U.S. There used to be 150 species of fish in the Great Lakes. The most common fish in Lake Ontario used to be the American eel. There are over 100 beaches on Lake Ontario. And those are your Friday fun facts on Lake Ontario and where I was today. And that is the fun and the sun portion of the title of this podcast. Now, another little fun fact. Did you know that Ontario has more than 250,000 lakes and contain about one-fifth of the world's fresh water? That's right. Best be nice to Canada, if it, well, especially Ontario, if y'all going to get thirsty in the future. Just saying. The largest lake of the Great Lakes is Lake Superior. Obviously, it's Superior. <laughs> and it's also the one that Gordon Lightfoot wrote the song about. And it's the one that I started. Lake Superior is actually the lake. It's kind of funny. Here we are, come full circle. Lake Superior is what started the Friday Fun Facts. Because it was the fact that Lake Superior is so cold that the bacteria that create that that causes a dead body to bloat and rise to the surface when disposed of in water cannot survive in Lake Superior. So Lake Superior is the best place to bury your dead because, as the song says, Lake Superior never gives up her dead. And on that note, we are going to end this portion of Friday Fun Facts. Oh, y'all panicked there for a second, didn't you? And when we come back on episode 55, we will be back in hometown Sutton, back in the little apartment, and the ambiance and the, the sound quality, I'm sure, will be different. But I will be home. I will have been home for a day, so I'll have had my first sleep in nine weeks. Well, no, I've been home twice in the last nine weeks, but I was only home for like a couple of days. But I will have had my first sleep in my bed in a few weeks and it'll be lovely. Yeah, so next time we you listen to me, I will be at home and then I'll be back down here again. <laughs> I think I'll actually get two podcasts at home before I come back because I have a dentist's appointment on the 15th and then my niece's birthday is that weekend, so I'm just going to stay the week. But I'm coming back to visit I'm not coming back because I have to be here. Um, and technically, I don't have to be here. I volunteered to be here. I was needed to be here. There's no way my mom could have done this by herself. There's no way my sister could have done any of this at all because, you know, she had a baby and had major surgery, two major surgeries at the same time. So I needed to be here. But when I come back, I get to come back and visit. I don't have to get up in the morning if I don't want to. I can just I mean I'm gonna because it's me but (laughs) you know what I mean so I'm kind of looking forward to that you know coming to to visit I miss my little apartment I do I miss you know my space and and my schedule and I have I I know I know I've said this word a lot this podcast I don't normally swear but I've said it twice so we're gonna go for the hat trick I have a shit ton of work to do when I get home I have done no writing I've done one day of writing um, about 10,000 words into a book that's due out in December. So I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My my live studio audience just went into my publisher mode. <laughs> He's making that face. I have books that I have to edit for other people that are coming out to be published. I have to get back to my job. I really have to get back to my job. I mean, I've been doing the best that I can. I've been kind of, I've been maintaining my job since I've been here, but I have things that I need to do have a schedule. 
I have a book. I, I have, like, I, I, I've got stuff to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My live studio audience just all of a sudden got really close to the, ca- to the camera. I thought I was in trouble. Apparently he was reading. Anyway. All right. So I'm going to say goodbye for this week. And I uh, hope you all have a stellar week and you stay out of trouble. You know, if you're feeling, try, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling um, like you're a burden or your wants and your needs are holding somebody else back, write all that stuff down, write it down, make a list, write it down. And then look at it again in the morning, in the light of day, because everything always looks different in the light of day than it does at two o'clock in the morning when you're lying in bed by yourself in the dark. Okay, write it down. And like I tell you every week, if you need someone to talk to, if you need an ear, I'm here, shoot me an email. Uh, You can find me at good grief. I have way too many emails. Easiest one to find me to get to me through this podcast is lupabardi at gmail.com l-u-p-a-b-a-r-d-y at gmail.com if you want me to tackle a certain topic shoot me an email you want me to vent and air my opinions on something shoot me an email i do have a little structure unlike you know other podcasts on the network yes yes i'm throwing that out there mike (laughs) anyway I might have those guys back on my show. They they actually need to have me on their show because, you know, they were over here on mine and quid pro quo, dude. Dude, quid pro quo. Okay. So, all right, I'm out of here. Now I'm getting glared at. So I'm going to end this podcast before I get myself into some serious trouble. Okay, everybody, I'm out of here. You know where to find me. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or TikTok. I'm not giving you my digits. You already know where they are. Go find me. Okay, have a good week, everybody. See ya. There'll be peace when you are done Lay your weary head to rest Don't you cry